unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to another episode of the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. And today we have probably one of the most exciting episodes that I've ever been involved with. We've got John Carlton, who's widely known as like the marketing rebel, who's written tons of educational material on copywriting. And I really I can't even explain how excited I am about this. So I'm just going to, I'm going to take a back seat during this episode and I'll hand it off to David. Yeah. Thanks, Nathan. And thanks, Carlton, for being on here. Hey, listen, um, John and I are going to give you guys a special offer <clears throat> at the end. And uh, you might want to just make a note of this or if you have a really good memory, uh, remember this. It's. <laughs> garfinkelcoaching.com forward slash love like the beatles l-o-v-e love garfinkelcoaching.com but we'll explain that later just just write that down if you have a chance and uh we'll get started what we're going to talk about today is a concept that john and i have both uh noticed independently and then we've talked about and actually engaged in ourselves in a certain way it's the concept of copywriting is a team sport. Now, let me let me get clear about this. I I do a lot of critiques. I was just doing one yesterday. Uh, very capable business owner who was trying to do a dollar bill letter, and he puts his entire first meeting with a client in the letter, which is a little like overkill, too much. And so, you know, gave him feedback, and he's going to work on paring it down to what works. A lot of people think that when a copywriter gets to a higher level, an A-list level, or even say a, a B-plus level, then they don't need that anymore. Uh, but that's sort of like thinking when someone becomes an Olympic athlete, uh, you know, at a bronze or gold or silver level, they don't need to breathe air anymore. They become these anaerobic wonders. But it's not true. They still do. Uh, maybe the air is a little more rarefied for them. And the, the reality is that as a copywriter, th this is this is where we're going to start. And Carlton, I'd love to hear your opinion, no matter how much it differs from mine. Um, that you you start out, especially when you know what you're doing, where it's on your shoulders. It's up to you to get the first draft done, and you want to get it the very bestest you can. But then before you turn it into a client, or if it's for your own business, before you actually launch, you need to show it to someone else because you got a blind spot. There, there's something you've missed that you don't know about. You don't even know that you know about except from experience. And so we're going to talk about that whole process today and how it works. Uh, Carlton, what do you think about all of that? Well, I, th I think you, you you nailed it. The the, the this the, the whole idea of this intrigued me because it's like pulling the curtain back on the the you know the machinery behind the the fame or or the celebrity of of the people that we that we look look up to as as writers. Uh, do we do we look up to people who who have done things that we haven't done yet or do things that we very much respect, but. 
and like like you said about the Olympic athlete, there, there's two views of how things happen in the world, of how things get done. And the one is that, you know, you wake up in the morning and you have some kind of magic happen to you. And then you go out and you're an NBA star, you know, for for the evening and you come back and there's nothing else that happens when in reality, there's there's a lot of effort put into this and all of the top stars in anything, whether it's whether it's physical stuff like like athletics or whether it's mental stuff like writing all have that support system going on, which usually uh, involves uh, coaches, people they respect. Uh, everybody who ever made it at anything has to have somebody in their life who can tell them when they're when they're going down the wrong track, when they're full of BS, when they're uh, you need to have people that you trust who can tell you the truth. Uh, that's especially key for for writers. Um, I, I think a lot of people think that we just sit down, stare at the blank page, come up with with this inspiration, and then we're done. And of course, David, as you know, one of the first things we have to do as as copywriting coaches is install in, instill the idea that you're going to do multiple edits on anything you write. And they all hear that we write, you know, 50 to 100 headlines before we choose one that works. But it doesn't take until they actually sit down and you make them write 50 headlines. And that that is like those little epiphanies that happen are like, wow, you guys actually do this. I thought it was, you know, bombast or I thought you were just exaggerating. But no, we're not. It's that kind of effort that happens. But what and and this kind of uh, the team sport thing um, falls falls in with that. Uh, A lot of writers refuse to think it isn't this lonely endeavor where they're going to, they're going to take the whole project on by themselves. Take almost any book by any author that you like and look at who he dedicates the book to. And often with the, the, the better the writer, the more people he will dedicate the book to. He'll say thanks to the wife, thanks to Joe, my editor, thanks to Eddie and, you know, the salsa bug for, you know, giving me the truth when I needed it. And that's hugely enlightening for anyone who thinks that writing is a totally lonely solo endeavor where you just sit down and, and magic happens. It, it doesn't. The, the, the whole idea of this being a team sport is so spot on. Thanks. Yeah, no, I mean, let's let's bring this down to right here, right now. I'm thinking yesterday I had a conversation with one copywriter who's A-list or just about A-list. And uh, over the last week, probably four or five. I mean, what about you? Just over the over the course of your day, over the course of your week. Oh, yeah, I uh, I did a um, <clears throat> I was a guest uh, guest expert on Clayton Makepeace's um, online mastermind a uh, week and a half ago, I think, where I, I took over the whole hour plus and, and presented. Next week, I'm going to be on stage with Dan Kennedy at uh, his big event. And we're just going to tell old dog stories, as he calls it, the old dog's bark sessions. And of course, you know, I, I, I've been on the phone with you, with, uh, with uh, Deutsch, um, uh, Kevin Rogers. Uh, th- th- this is part of the regular day. And it's, it's important to note that the people who get calls back from me <clears throat> or who I call first are the people I trust to tell me the truth, are the people who 
don't sugarcoat. I, 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 most writers don't need to have their egos fluffed. The, the, the top writers, there are a few. There's a handful out there that do have egos. I've worked for some of them <laughs> who will remain unnamed. Um, but uh, most of us tend to have our egos pretty much under control because you can't write at a high level when your ego is is nagging you. Even so, we all have egos, and that stuff will leak into your work and and damage you. It will it will bollock things up in in horrible ways. So one of the things I look for in the friends that I have is to have my balls busted once in a while to to be called on any any games I'm playing where I'm deluding myself. We all delude ourselves. We all we all fall away from the true path. And and I would call the true path being, you know, the search for truth, justice in the American way. You know, just just that that uh, the the idea that you can maintain a human existence in this complex civilization that we live in, especially if you're a writer who's trying to influence people, who's trying to uh, get inside of people's heads and make them understand concepts and things that that they are resistant to, that they are reluctant to, uh, to, to uh, adopt. Um, that they're, they're, the the skepticism and cynicism out there is is mounting all the time, and it's huge to begin with. And yep. to think that you can tackle all of this on your own is silly. Yeah, and and I think that's a perfect example of ego. Oh well, I've I've been around the block. I can handle this on my own. I don't need help. Let me um let me say something about Dan Kennedy because you're going to be sharing a stage with him tomorrow. Twenty two years ago. I, I took a seminar from him, and I think this may be the only one in recorded history where he didn't have hundreds of people. Uh, something, I don't know, it's the hotel or the mailing. There there was only five of us in the room. It was like an unbelievable opportunity. And there, there's one thing, I think, that comes up. You know, as writers and a, even as copywriters, we need to make sure things are interesting and a little entertaining, but we take a big... Um, risk when we get too entertaining and and we're not selling and i i said to him dan how do you know you know how to um you know what what's the dividing line on creativity when do you leave it in when do you cut it out and he told me something that has stuck with me for years and that i have used as a yardstick ever since then and that is he said well you got to ask a question does it advance the sale okay Mm -hmm. so so that's you know that's 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 pretty basic in 2020 hindsight. You know, after you've done this launch and it's crashed. Oh man, I was trying to be too entertaining, <laughs> but um, the, the, it's profound though. It it is. It's it's one of the most profound things I've ever heard about copywriting. I I think what Gary Halbert said, and I hope you'll share a, a Gary Halbert story too about this team sport thing. Uh, you know, when all else fails, give people what they want. That may be uh-huh. even more profound, but. Uh, they're, it's right. They're both right up there. But the, the thing is, when you're into it, when you're writing, when you're really working at engaging the prospect and telling a story and keeping them hanging on your every word, you're risking going over that line with every sentence. And yep. You can't see it. You're too close to it. It's, you know, you're, you're, I mean, to get stupidly Zen about the whole thing, you become one with the copy. Mm. Well, it's sort of like saying, gee, do I need these uh, 10 fingers, eight fingers and two thumbs on my hands? Because that's sort of how you start to look at it. And, and that's a 
especially why no matter how good you are, how advanced you are, you need a second set of eyes to take a look. Yeah. Yeah, one one of the great joys of my life was spending twenty years hanging out with Gary Halbert. You know, the first few I was actually his top writer. I actually wrote a lot of the stuff that uh, came came out out of his office. A lot, a lot of the pieces, and then we became friends. And then we actually tried some business partnering. That that ended in disaster, but it didn't affect the friendship. But the friendship was in two parts. One's one was we genuinely cared about each other and we were friends. But the more important part was. I'd slip in my copy and he'd slip me his. And we didn't expect anything but the truth to, to come back from that. And if if you can imagine, you know, writers of that magnitude, of, of Gary Halbert's magnitude, looking at your copy, not with a an eye to pleasing you, but with an eye to, as, as Dan Kennedy said, make the sale. Does this work? And that's where I got a lot of my lessons. One of the things that I like to tell people is, uh, just sell the damn thing. And that comes directly from Gary Halbert's mouth over a headline I wrote that was clunky and just wasn't getting there. And this is after I'd written 50 of these these things. And he looked at it and we, and we we're on the phone and we're, th- and we're thinking about what we should do. And he finally stops. He says, you know what? You need this product is so good. You just need to sell the damn thing. Uh-huh. And and oh, you know the, the lights went off and the, the revelation happened and and it was this great moment of clarity for me that wouldn't have happened on my own because I was so deep into the rabbit hole that I had gone down where I thought I I mean my headline was getting to be uh, massive. And because I was trying to get all the features and benefits in there and I, I couldn't find the hook and I was and the hook was this just needed to be sold. It was so good. It needed to be sold, which allowed me to do a very, very simple headline. And the piece became a uh, massive uh, uh, control for five years for for one of the largest mailers in, in the world. And, you know, like I say, it wouldn't have happened without that team thing going on, without the idea. Now, I wrote everything in the piece. I even wrote what came after that advice, but he helped me tear it down. And that was yep. that that was critical. And I would say that part of it, the tearing down of stuff. When we talk about a team sport, yes, you may write up you may end up writing 100% of the words that appears in the piece. But each word is chosen because of a reason, a process going on in your head. And if you have other heads helping you, helping you redirect that, helping you stay focused or refocus or reframe everything, that's one of the best things is when somebody can come in and just tell you where you're 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 going down the wrong rabbit hole. Yes, you need to go down a rabbit hole, but not this one. How about this one? You try it and then bells and whistles goes off, go off and and you've 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 found the clarity you 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 were looking for um that that of course is the classic mastermind theory from think and grow rich you know in the napoleon hill that's where i got a lot of this sense early in my career but probably like you david i was relying on books the i didn't know any other copywriters down in los angeles i was alone certainly didn't know any freelancers of of either either designers or writers and books were my support system but they're not dynamic 
they can't look at what you're doing. You have to you have to imagine what the author would would say to you. You have you have to have these imaginary meetings. Once I once I read Think and Grow Rich and realized it, it, he explained the classic mastermind principle, which was gather great minds around you and 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 tap them for energy ideas and and critiques. I I took it that to heart, and the people around me that I was meeting included. Guys like Jay Abraham and Gary Halbert and a number of other top writers who were also always on the hunt for new minds to bring into their stable, so to speak. Sometimes to work with, I ghost wrote for a lot of the top writers like like uh, Jim Rutz, the inventor of the Magalog. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I slaved. I didn't get paid a lot, but it was it was very much worth it because of the mind meld that goes on. You know, I got to see how he thought he he and uh, he, he just just installed in me all these lessons. It was just the idea of having putting that team together, and it can be short periods of time. You know, yeah. you you can. It doesn't need to be. You're lucky if it's a lifetime that you're spending with people in your group. Uh, Garth, you and I have known each other for decades. Deutsch and I go back to the late '80s. Uh, it's it's wonderful to have those. But a lot of the people in my inner circle are very recent additions recent in the last five years or so very hard to get into they have to run through a gauntlet to you know it's not a physical gauntlet but they they have to pass the test they have to they have to prove themselves worthy of it and i have to prove myself worthy to be in in their you know uh, 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 group too so it's 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 a process when you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical who you gonna call not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not, but he assured me it was. He said, I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab, garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. And now back to the show. Let me, let me make a comment, especially for, uh, we have people at all levels listening to this from, you know, A-listers to, you know, fresh off the farm newbies and, and people from the city too. I'm not picking on farmers, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, so someone listening to this might think, I, I, well, I, I just want to say, this is not a matter of intelligence or stupidity, what we're talking about. It's a matter of perspective. Mm -hmm. You talk about reframing stuff, people, other people who aren't inside your head and inside the process of your business or something you're writing, a promotion, um, are going to see things differently. And if they are experienced people who've, been down a lot of rabbit holes that that ended up dry uh, mixing metaphors there um, <laughs> drilled a lot of 
oil wells that ended up dry. You know, I mean, having having been through the rough stuff really helps you uh, share perspective with another marketer, another copywriter, mm-hmm. another business owner. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would not be anywhere near the level of success that that I exist in right now without this whole, and I call it the classic mastermind idea, and, and that is not networking. It's beyond networking. This is mind meld stuff. This is this is the meeting of minds at a level of you know capitalistic endeavor that is the highest form of of uh, capitalism today. It's, it's, it's thinking about how to influence people, how to make the sale, how to, how to increase your ability to uh, cause action, to, to get people to, to take action. It's a very, very tough job to do, especially if you're just writing, even if it's a script for a VSL, which will be spoken, you know, on, on video. Um, it's it's all it's all dependent on the words and they they have to be as dan kennedy told you they have to be aimed at making the sale so we we all fall off the off the the boat um we we all make mistakes and it's great to have people uh watching your back that's that's just one of the biggest things that i've ever had is people who not only shared the intellectual process of writing with me, but watched my back that really cared if I was doing something that they thought was wrong. And they would they would call me on it and they would and and they really threw themselves into every critique that they did, as I did in return for for them. That's that. And again, that's the the classic strategy of taking good minds and and kind of milking them for for all their worth and making yourself available to them. So it's a you know, it's a uh, uh, one hand uh, scratches the the other. Can I jump in with a question real quick? Yeah, I do. Please. So you mentioned earlier, and and this is something that I have uh, experienced as well. The marketplace obviously is going to give you feedback. If you're if you're a capitalist, you know that you can't succeed if you're not bringing something that the marketplace wants. And mm-hmm. as a writer, a lot of times we can get stuck in our own head. We can get caught up in our own copy. Uh, it's hard to see the full picture when you're stuck inside of the frame. Right. Um, but ultimately, when you're when your writing is is finished, when you go to publish it, it's gonna have to get the feedback of the marketplace in order to tell you whether it's gonna succeed or not. Um, how important is it to have that buffer of a mastermind group or of, of somebody that you can go to that you can bounce it off of them before you introduce it to the marketplace and get the, get, get, I guess, like maybe a test response from people who understand what you're trying to do. Uh, David, can, can I jump in with a Halbert story real quick? Yeah, yeah, please do. So, Nathan, one of the things that Gary Halbert used to do early in his career, he, he would, when he was still drinking, he would write some copy and he would go to a local bar that he hung out in and he would read his copy to the people in the bar. And if they said, wow, that's great. That is a wonderful piece of writing. That's the best ad I've ever heard. He knew he had a loser on his hands. The only response he wanted from them is, holy cow, how do I get one of those? You know, so and and that was enlightening to me because it was the idea of before you send your little ad out into the world, what's the best thing you can do to predict how it's going to go? And 
if you're savvy, you can be able to judge. I, I actually had a writer colleague who I would let read my copy before it went out. And if she liked it, I knew it was a bomb. <laughs> and if she hated it and begged me to change the headline, I knew I had a hit. And of course, my philosophy for anybody who's read my stuff is that if your client is ever gung-ho to run your your ad or mail your 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 letter or or uh, you know run your um, uh, post your your VSL you got a problem <clears throat> because your job is to make the client a little bit uncomfortable take them out of their comfort zone because as David was saying the, the clients that we have are deep into their own nonsense and they have they they have lost perspective of who they are and what they offer and wh- why their stuff sells well or or doesn't doesn't sell at all. And uh, when we are our own clients writing for ourselves, we are the worst clients we're ever going to have because okay. we really lose per- perspective. So so yeah, finding somebody out there who has an experience and an idea of what the uh, marketplace does of of is the best you can do and that was fine if i went to garth and asked him how he thought an ad that i wrote was going to do he had he brings a wealth of experience well this this is similar to something i tried 10 years ago he might say or this is brand new you you're going to have to test don't don't roll this out until you test very thoroughly or this sounds like a hit or you're way off base um that's that's the voice of experience I told that Gary Halbert story because it's also good to know when the voice of inexperience is the wrong one to be listening to. That's why you need to choose your your team carefully. You need to understand that you need people who are in the same boat that you're in, who need the same things you need, who who understand the, the consequences and have experience. Hopefully they have uh, a lot of experience uh, that they can bring to the table. Sometimes the experience they bring may not be in your field. Uh, I like to have a lot of people around me who aren't writers, who aren't in business, who who are completely divorced from the whole game that 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 I'm in, which is, you know, writing and selling and being involved in marketing and the technology behind all of the marketing. I like to I like I like to have a lot of people. In fact, a good half of my friends have no idea what I do for a living. It's just it's just so outside of their experience that they they just, well, you know, John does something really weird in advertising. That that's all they know. <laughs> and and I like that because that's it's very refreshing to be able to talk to them and I don't get caught up in the idea that uh, you know, I need to please the other writers. So yeah, well, we're we're running close to the end. Um let's let's talk about that special offer because um, I'm sure some people who have a business or are more advanced as copywriters are thinking, oh, man, that's the one thing I'm I'm a little short on. I really haven't <laughs> built up a network, uh, uh, especially writers tend to be introverted. And, and you know, a good entrepreneur is often going to be sort of blinded. You can't talk to anybody because either they're going to be hitting you up for a loan or they're going to be thinking you're doing something evil if you really talk about your business. Just just the, the sort of way things are, you know. That's uh, true. So do you want to 
tell people about the Platinum Mastermind, which I'm really oh yeah one one option. There, there's a lot of uh, opportunities out there to join masterminds. There's a lot of ways you can form your own mastermind. Certainly, Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich outlines how to do it. But I have always been intrigued with what I call the classic version of the mastermind, which is to get qualified people into a room as members of a group who commit to the group so that they they show up for, for the meetings and they commit themselves fully to what are essentially hot seat style uh, sessions where each person in the group has their moment in the sun. It, there's there's going to be an hour or more where each person explains what their situation is and if they have problems, what their problems are, what their challenges are. And um, sometimes it's lifestyle stuff. Sometimes it's very technical stuff. Sometimes it's just uh, existential stuff. Like, I don't know if I want to be a businessman anymore. I don't know if if I should change products or, you know, it, it, or, or the it's very specific. I have a new product coming out. Here's here's what I here's how I want to price it. What do you guys think? Getting all that stuff down and having the full force of that room, uh, especially when it's an intimate room. Uh, for me, and, and I think the classic way of having masterminds is to keep it around a dozen people or so, maybe a few more, maybe a few less, and. That intimacy means you get to understand w- where each person is coming from. Um, you, you've been involved in one or two hot seats over the course of a year with them, uh, heard their how they handle giving uh, uh, input to others, how they handle taking input, what their expertise is, where, where they're coming from, and what they can offer. And having that group of people and getting to know them on, on an intimate level creates a, a, a perfect mastermind situation where you have an automatic um of uh, what's the word like, like a board of directors who are who are concerned enough who care enough who are going to be committed enough to give you the truth to give you the reality check you need to share their experience to help you in the areas that you lack skill or you lack knowledge or you lack experience in so that kind of a team is even more powerful than having the Rolodex where you can pick up the phone and call somebody and, and chat about something. That that can be very powerful in and of itself. <clears throat> but to multiply that by having a defined meeting where you're getting together and you're actually going to, uh, in, in our mastermind, it's uh, over two days, a, a, a Friday and Saturday in a nice hotel. Uh, it's just, it's you're immersed. It's total immersion in the the problems, the situations, the the questions, the uh, shared experience of everybody in the group. And again, it's a hot seat method, which is everybody there gets their moment where they they get to re, be the recipient of all the wisdom in the room, and then they in turn um, share their wisdom with with other people during during their hot seats. Um, the one that we formed, we call it the Platinum Mastermind has been going on for over eight years now. When we first formed it, we thought, yeah, we'd do it for a year and see how it went. But it was such a hit, and there was um, such great results coming out of it that we just kept going year by year. And here we are going into our ninth year now, and it's um, 
it's something I'm really proud of. We keep it so small and intimate because that's how the classic mastermind works best. Not too many. When you get in a room of 100 people, that's not a mastermind. That's a, at best, a networking event where um, some sharing may happen if you grab somebody in the hallway or you hang out at the bar and get to talk to somebody. But keeping it intimate means that there is there is a guarantee that there's going to be good exchanges of, of information, that you're going to have those minds very focused. It's doable. That's how humans work best in small groups like that. And um, it's uh, David has been uh, a part of this <clears throat> uh, Platinum Mastermind for uh, several years now. Uh, it's a great joy to go to these things, to hang out with guys like him. David Deutsch is part of this group. Uh, Kevin Rogers is part of this group. We have guest experts every time. I, the last few experts I brought in have included Joe Sugarman, um, Dean Jackson, uh, Joe Polish, uh, the Halbert boys, uh, Gary Halbert's sons, uh, Jay, Jay Abraham. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a, a bunch of people, but it's 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 just such an uplifting experience. It's it fires you up. It gets questions answered. You you actually get enthused and motivated to to start getting putting your plans into action. And I actually I actually encourage people to take on homework assignments. There, it's like after these sessions, it's like okay, here's what here's all the input, and we clarify what can be done, what can be implemented before the next meeting. And then each person agrees, yeah, that, that makes sense, and I'll do that. I'll get the website up. I'll write this piece. I'll make a decision on pricing, or I'll decide which direction my career is going to go now. So that, that gives them a frame of reference so that by the next meeting, they can certainly come in and say, I didn't do anything on it, but that was a decision they made. Usually, the decisions they make are, wow, I tried it this way, I tried it this way. It was great to be pushed a little bit, to be held accountable and to come back and tell you guys what happened and get feedback on that and moving forward. And the growth that happens is just astronomical. It's the, the classic mastermind is such a powerful tool to have in your kit. I'm stunned that people who have opportunities to get into one decline or demure. Um, it's um, it's it's baffling to me. And like I say, it's been the key to every uh, to all, all the success that I've experienced over the years. When I went from just relying on books to to hanging out with some great minds, and then really, really bringing those minds together and using them as a um, as as a backup team for me, somebody to watch my back, uh, and I provided as much value to them as they did for me. It was, it's it's been a wonderful ride. So I'd like people to know that this uh, mastermind, uh, although it is small, uh, you know, spots open up continually because uh, people come in and stay for a year, and we'll leave after that. Uh, others, I think we have a number of people there who've been there for six years and longer. Um, so th there's there's a mix there, people who are there year after year, and a few that come in, get what they need, and then move back, and then come back like a couple of years later. That's That certainly happens a lot. David, am I missing something on that, or Nathan? Well, um, yeah, I mean, you're not missing anything. That describes it perfectly. The The one thing I'd, I'd want to add is uh, a funny thing about people who tell you the truth. Yeah, we, we all need them. Um, and it, usually it, outside of a mastermind, uh, with the exception of, you know, a few really uh, extraordinary relationships, 
the person who tells you the truth may not be on your side. They may be telling you the truth to sort of bring you down a peg if they can. <laughs> and and sometimes the people who are supportive are a little too much like cheerleaders to tell you yeah. the truth. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to find both of those qualities genuinely in one person person or in a group of people. And that's one of the cool things about a mastermind is that you can have that if you have the right people in it. That's right. I wanted to uh, jump in and just say a, a benefit that I found from masterminding that uh, I rarely hear mentioned is when you're not in the hot seat, when somebody else is in the hot seat and they lay out a problem that they're having and you get the chance to teach them, you get the chance to share something with them or somebody else is giving their advice and all of a sudden something clicks that yeah. you would have never thought that totally applies to a situation that you're in, but because yep. you were teaching, you remembered it or because somebody else was giving someone else advice on their problem, all of a sudden something clicks in your mind about a problem that you're facing. And so it's not just when you're in the hot seat, being able to add that value to other people, being able to be um, a, a, a fly on the wall for the conversation between two other people also has immense value as a business owner and as a copywriter. Nathan, that is one of the great secrets of the mastermind is we tell people that every, a lot of people, newbies come and they are really looking forward to their moment, their hot seat moment where they will get to have the group focus on them. But I, I tell them the biggest revelations you will have will be participating in someone else's hot seat. And I'm not sure how that psychological process works, but it's it i see it happening all the time they do get a lot out of their own sessions but the they they consistently report revelations coming from per participating in, in someone else's hot seat so that's really spot on well i i, I don't know how it works either but i'll i'll make up a, a theory on the spot <laughs> the garfinkel theory of the garfinkel theory it's it's easier to see how the dots connect when you're not being blinded by the spotlight <laughs> oh, we nice. don't literally have a spotlight. Oh, right? no, not literally. <laughs> That'd be cool, though. So where can people go to find out about this Platinum Mastermind? Yeah, we've we've set up um, uh, a link that's very easy to remember. It's garfinkelcoaching.com forward slash love, L-O-V-E. And that'll, that'll drop you onto a page uh, where you can find out all about the Mastermind garfinkelcoaching.com forward slash L-O-V-E. And it's not Garfunkel, and it's K-E-L. Uh, right, right. And it's not Garfield either. It's Garfinkel, G-A-R-F-I-N-K-E-L, coaching.com forward slash love. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Gentlemen, this has been a, a wealth of information, a pleasurable conversation to sit on, in on. I really appreciate you coming on, John. Uh, where can You're people welcome. go to find out more of your work? Uh, my blog is the best window to my world, which is john-carlton.com, J-O-H-N-C-A-R-L-T-O-N.com. I had to get the dash because uh, a woodworker in Boston named John Carlton grabbed uh, the, the URL first, and he doesn't use it. But um, yeah, so my blog has, I think I'm on 12 years now, maybe even more of archives there and every, everything's uh, free. All, all the archives are free. I post there every month and uh, have since 2004, I believe. And um, yeah, so the, the blog is the best place to go. You can find out everything about me and everything that, that I have to offer and a ton of free 
marketing and writing wisdom and advice and strategies that I share every, every uh, blog post. Nice. So john-carlton.com and garfinkelcoaching.com slash love, L-O-V-E. Those are the two URLs we want you to go to, copywriters. Until next time, this has been another fantastic episode of, fantastic if I do say so myself, of the Copywriters Podcast. David, thank you. John, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, John, thank you. And, you know, in the spirit of truth, it's great that you were able to get up this early in the morning to do this. <laughs> I'm standing here in the clothes I slept in. It's a good thing this wasn't videoed. So. <laughs> yeah, seriously, thanks a lot. And it's great. All right. Hey, we're running a contest to promote the show, and one lucky winner gets a half-hour free consultation with me over the phone or Skype. Normally, people pay $750 for a half-hour consult with me. Now, we'll select the winner of this contest based on the best review posted on iTunes, so make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show. In Episode 10, we'll announce the winner, so get subscribed and put in your rating and review today.